0: You guys know how much I love nursing schools. Well, we have another one that wants us to tell you about their MSN and DNP Family Nurse Practitioner Programs. Samuel Merritt University has been educating nurses for over 100 years, and right now they are offering tons of scholarship opportunities starting at $10,000 for both of these programs. You know, I'm in the midst of getting my MSN, and let me tell you, I wish I would have known about these scholarships when I first enrolled. Visit them at smumsn.com and show them how much you appreciate them for sponsoring our podcast. That's Everyone, this is Tina again with Good Nurse Bad Nurse, along with my very bright and talented guest host for this week that's no longer nurse student, Jair. She is now Nurse Jair.
1: Yeah. Welcome back, Jair. So glad to have you. Hey Tina. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so glad to be back. I feel like it's been forever since I've been on the show and like you said, I'm no longer student nurse chair. I am nurse chair and yeah. Yep,
0: these are exciting times. Kind of scary but but exciting, you know, as yes. well. You started your new job and Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a lot. <laughs> I know it's a lot. Well, thank you guys for listening and for coming back for another week of nursing and basically using nursing and healthcare topics as an excuse to talk about true crime. <laughs> no, no, not really. Maybe. <laughs> it's a a way to maybe make it a little more interesting and then throw a few other things in there. Before we get started, I do want to remind you guys, if you are nursing students in Georgia, we are going to be doing a live show for the now virtual conference that the Georgia Association of Nursing Students is having. We were going to be in person, and then they had to switch the whole thing to virtual. Thank you, COVID, once again the gift that keeps on giving.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's still going to be really fun, a great experience for all nursing students. So get signed up. Yes, it'll be fun.
0: We will be doing ours on Friday, October the 8th. So if you're planning on doing that, hop on in there and say hello to us. We'd love to get to at least chat with you. Maybe I'm not sure what the setup is going to be, but maybe we'll get to interact in some way. You know, if you guys are just absolutely desperate for entertainment for an event, if if we're even having events anymore, I don't even know, you could send me an email and we'll see if we can work something out because we would love to come and do a live episode at your event somewhere. We're starting to try to do this more. And it's, I don't know, it's just kind of a fun thing that we can do and travel around. And hopefully once COVID is. Under control, actually do it some more. But anyway, I guess we can get started with this bad nurse story. Our nurse this week is a Southern Belle, and it is just the strangest story. It's a little, it involves
1: twins. It's a lifetime movie worthy.
0: It is absolutely (laughs) lifetime movie worthy, no doubt about it. And so our nurse is Betty Wilson. She was a fraternal twin her twin sister was Peggy. So Betty and Peggy were fraternal twins, born in a very small town in Alabama in 1945. And so they were very close growing up, but they were very different. So Peggy was this beautiful, popular, homecoming queen type person. Betty was more of the Student council and her and a wild group of friends kind of person. Both of them got married relatively soon after getting out of high school and, and finishing some college. Peggy married a Baptist choir master, and Betty married a doctor she met in her nursing program. So apparently, Betty enjoyed having a quote seat at the table when it came to high society, and so that's what she was looking for. And literally, according to everyone around her, was the reason that she went to nursing school. <laughs> I, these people Still give Betty. us a bad rap.
1: <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just like, I could take care of myself. Thank you. Exactly. But she loved it. She loved the high society, you know, her, her husband's status, especially at in that, you know, back in the day, the doctor in a small town, you know, would have, you know, a little bit Higher status, I guess, very respected in the community. So his name was Dr. Jack Wilson. He gave her absolutely everything she could have ever wanted. But in spite of that, and I know we're all going to be shocked, they weren't a very happy couple. And you don't typically make it on the bad nurse portion of the show by being a happy couple. But (laughs) (laughs) I think, I feel like, you know, Betty just, that's what she was shooting for. She was shooting for stuff. You know, she was shooting for the things and the society and the the place in the community. And I feel like this is like the cautionary tale. That's never going to make you happy. It's just not not what's going to do it for you. So Dr. Wilson was supposedly a workaholic. He didn't have a whole lot of time to spend with Betty. A complication during a routine surgery left him with a colostomy bag that really put a further strain on their marriage due to some intimacy issues because of that. It just made it, you know, more difficult. And I, I would imagine someone with a strong marriage or strong relationship could get past that. But if you've already kind of, you know, if you're already kind of distant, I could, you know, makes, I could see that. just makes
1: things 10 times worse.
0: Yeah. Sure. She started drinking heavily and actually having affairs apparently to cope with her unhappiness there were some sources that would later say that she refused to get a divorce because she was afraid that she was going to lose her lofty lifestyle she didn't want to lose that that image i guess you know and and all of the things that went with being a doctor's wife but she never explicitly stated her reason for staying allegedly dr wilson didn't have an actual issue with the affairs that she was having. So in fact, she would bring some of these people into her home and Dr. Wilson, while he didn't participate might be viewing some of the stuff that was going on.
1: Yeah. It he makes did you ha- question mm-hmm.
0: that yeah. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's kind of, it's really sad to me because I feel like maybe he probably just felt, Like, well, I know, I have the colostomy bag, you know, and maybe.
1: He may have felt like he didn't deserve her, mm -hmm. you know, and just allow like anything or. Just
0: trying to do everything for her. Yeah. It's really sad. He did, however, have a problem with her drinking, which I find it's like, I don't mind you stepping out on me and committing adultery and being like unfaithful. But I'm not so crazy about the drinking part, which is so weird to me. By the late 1980s, he gave her an ultimatum. He said, give up the drinking or we're done. So she joined AA. And this is another interesting thing. Her friends said that she just continued to drink after she she would go to her AA meetings. And she's like, okay, go into my meeting. And then she would like literally just keep drinking. So it was like she was fulfilling this obligation, but had no yeah. intentions of changing anything. Friends and family said that Dr. Wilson loved her would do absolutely anything for her. And so in May of 1992, he de- decided to take her on a week-long vacation. At the day that they were supposed to leave, May 22nd, Betty went shopping and then went to the salon before going to her regular evening AA meeting and have a glass of wine during it probably, <laughs> I don't know. So, unfortunately, when she returned home that night around 9:25 p.m., she found Dr. Wilson beaten and stabbed to death in their home. We'll take a moment to hear a word from our sponsor. You guys, a career in nursing is more than just a job. It's a lifelong journey of learning and growing, and professional development is key for any nurse hoping to advance their career. So how about you? Are you ready to take your career to the next level? If so, now is the time for you to get your certification in nursing. Earning your certification is a major professional milestone. It's a seal of approval recognized by professional peers, hiring managers, and patients. It signifies your commitment to excellence, your level of competence, and can make you more marketable in a competitive field, offering 18 different certifications, including 12 specialty certifications. Whether you're looking to earn your first certification, ready to renew or exploring new certifications, they are there to make the entire process as easy, affordable, flexible, and painless as possible. Whatever your practice level or desired specialty, they can help you prepare your exam with a range of affordable tools and resources designed to set you up for success. And their commitment to you goes well beyond the exam. They provide all the ongoing support, advocacy, guidance, and resources that you need throughout your nursing career. This is your career, and you deserve the best. At ANCC, they're going to be there to help you every step of the way. So visit pages.nursingworld.org forward slash GNBN to learn more. That's pages.nursingworld.org forward slash GNBN. And we'll put that link on our website. If you want to just go to Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, you can click on it from there. Welcome, Leah. I just wanted to chat with you a little bit about your experience with CBD stat. Which product do you actually use?
1: So there's four products, the roll-on, the cream, the salve, and the oil. The two that I use every day are the cream and the oil.
0: What is your biggest benefit? How does it help you?
1: The cream I put on every day after work, I'll shower and then I'll put it on my feet just to help my arches. No more shin splints, just my feet feel more comfortable. And the cream has been a lifesaver there. And then I use the oil to help me sleep. So I just switched jobs. I had been working nights for the last eight years. So the oil was huge on helping me come home and actually get quality of sleep throughout the day. And I wake up feeling well rested and not groggy like some other medications have made me feel in the past.
0: I didn't realize that about the feet and I have plantar fasciitis, so now I literally cannot wait to get off here and go try that. And then just the sleep benefit, that one is definitely well known. I hear that a lot in the feedback that I've gotten. As you guys know, their products are 100% THC-free. CBD Stat has a team of engineers that invented a very unique and efficient Process to produce CBD isolate, which is the purest form of CBD. They only offer very strong products greater than a thousand milligrams. If you guys are interested in CBD stat in their product, you can go to cbdstat.care forward slash bad Be sure and put the forward slash goodness nurse in there so they know that we sent you there. The CBDstat.care, be sure and put dot care instead of.com forward slash she immediately ran to the neighbor's house and called 911, told them there had been a break-in and that her husband was dead. So upon arriving on the scene, police had an issue with her story immediately. Nothing was stolen. There was no appearance uh, you know, signs of a break-in. His wallet had not even been touched. So it looked like the murder murderer had had beaten and stabbed Dr. Wilson to death and then an autopsy performed later showed Defensive wounds. They also found a metal baseball bat, but they didn't find a knife. They found a green ski mask, an empty pistol holder with ammunition, and then they discovered the murderer had cut the phone lines. So just some some things that they discovered during their investigation. So they received a tip the day before the murder, apparently, that a man named James White was had been involved. Now I don't under really I don't really understand that because it's either this tip either came in before or after and I feel like if it came in before it's kind of like that's that's a pretty significant <laughs> difference. Yeah. But either way investigators quickly arrested him based on this tip that they got. I bet it was after honestly because if they got an anonymous tip before a murder ever happened, yeah, they'd probably be
1: there too, like to make sure it won't happen, like prevent anything mm-hmm. from happening. So, mm-hmm.
0: so they quickly arrested him. He confessed that he and Peggy, okay, Peggy, remember <laughs> this is Betty's husband that we're talking about that was murdered, but Peggy, her twin sister, is the perfect homecoming queen, perfection Southern Belle, who is also a school teacher and just all things prim and proper. This James White says that he had an affair with Peggy and that she introduced him to Betty. And together they came up with a plan to murder Dr. Wilson, including paying James five thousand dollars, which would, in today's dollars, would be about ten thousand dollars to do it. He said that he waited for doc- in Dr. Wilson's bedroom for him to get home and attacked him with the baseball bat first, and then stabbed him before fleeing the scene. Betty's trial was first. Her defense was to discredit James White and rely on there being no evidence to implicate her. However, the prosecution focused on her character. They painted her as a brazen adulteress who was greedy for the doctor's $6 million estate. Her strategy was to basically just trash James White's account of what happened and his character. However, he proved that he had met her at the mall the day of the murder. So he says it was there that they finalized the plan and Betty paid him the $5,000. So there was a library book that Betty had checked out that was found in James's truck and the prosecution said okay here's this library book they they don't have the money but here's this library book and they think that Betty placed payment for the hit in the book and then gave it to him gave him the book that's their theory but beyond that there was really no evidence that tied Betty to the crime so it's really kind of a leap there yeah so on March the 9th of 1995, Betty was found guilty and sentenced to life without parole. She's still in prison to this day. Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs>
0: so most people believed that Peggy's trial would go similarly. They, f- they figure, well, she's the one that had the affair mm-hmm. with James. So she's the one that introduced them. They He would never have even known Betty in order to follow through with this plan had it not been for Peggy. So every, everybody's like, okay same song, different verse. Peggy's about to get life too. Well, Peggy was a church going first grade teacher with a pristine reputation. So in, uh, you know, Southern Alabama, whenever you have these, uh, little Southern bales, and she's just all prim and proper, just sitting there all perfect, you know, and everything. And she's just smiling at the jurors. They just bought her little innocent story, hook, line and sinker, they also, though, found an expert that discredited his whole story, stating that it was more likely a fireplace poker that was the murder weapon and rather than this bat that he supposedly used, and that the murderer had also strangled him. All of that contradicted James's story. So it's kind of weird. Like, the whole thing is very wishy-washy and back and forth. And you kind of go, you start out going, oh, well, they, she definitely did it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe she shouldn't do it. Oh, she definitely did it. Oh, wait, I don't
1: know. It's one of those. What do you think? <laughs> do you think she did I don't know.
0: it? <laughs> it's hard. This is a hard one. This is really difficult because on September 30th, 1995, the jury found Peggy Lowe not guilty. Mm. Her, so the the good the good twin got off and the, the quote bad twin got life, you know, with without yeah. possibility of parole. James White Likely struck a deal and was convicted of murder. Although he will be eligible for parole in less than five years in 2026, can yeah. you believe that? Yeah, Thomas he, <laughs> he confessed to murder, and he he's going to be out in five
1: years. Exactly.
0: Well, eligible for parole. Not, not to, that doesn't mean they'll definitely let him out. But still scary in 2006 Betty remarried from prison Betty that's just this this Betty person is something else remarried from prison Peggy has also since remarried Betty has served over 29 years in a Tuscaloosa women's prison according to a post on the f- quote free Betty Facebook page a documentary <laughs> a documentary is coming out soon it finished filming in June perception of reputation played a big part in the trials of the twins. Arguably, they each played similar roles. It was Betty's husband, but Peggy introduced the potential hitman into the situation. So what do you think this says about our criminal justice system? Do you think the verdicts were fair? I mean...
1: That's definitely
0: broken. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Our our criminal justice system has got some... it, It needs some serious work. Needs some Mm -hmm. serious work. Most people comment on the free Betty Facebook page how she was convicted and and given the sentence she was because of her lifestyle, not because of her involvement. Some things not mentioned at her trial that were permitted at Peggy's and likely helped her avoid a, a guilty verdict. For example, Betty had hired James White to do some work on her home, but he never showed up, according to both sisters. And that was the extent of their relationship. So what they were saying is you know, why would he have killed Betty's husband if Betty hadn't asked him to? Why would this have happened? He never even knew her husband. What Betty and Peggy said is, no, he did. He was introduced to her and asked her, she asked him to do some work around the house, but he never showed up. But that would explain how he would know where the house is and he, you know, would possibly get the idea to come and do something like that. Yeah. The problem I have with that is... He didn't take anything. So if that was the case, what would possibly be the reason to go kill the husband?
1: Right. That kind of makes me question Peggy's involvement a little bit more. You mean like that she wasn't involved? That she
0: was. What I kind of thought is, well, if Betty had some work she needed done and Peggy's like, here's a handyman Mm -hmm. and I have a twin sister that might be able to give you some more work. And he goes and meets Betty. Then Betty decides instead of the handyman work, I actually have another job for you and asked him to for $5,000 kill her husband. And Peggy maybe didn't have anything to do with it. I don't know.
1: Oh, yeah, that is a good way to look at it, huh?
0: It's a possibility. I can yeah. definitely see after kind of thinking the whole thing through, I can see why Peggy would have gotten off. I still am not sure because there, if you really, really think about all the evidence, I don't see how, other than this man's confession, And what he says, I don't see how there's any evidence that she did it. Mm -hmm. So I do think she probably was convicted based on her reputation. Unfortunately, that's what happens. So that's pretty much our bad nurse story. I guess we can move right along to our good nurse story. I'm excited about this one. We'll take a moment to hear a word from our sponsor, so you can see what kind of jobs are out there and what they pay. Go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile. So I have to tell you guys about an experience I had with a nursing student. So you know I've been doing travel nursing. Well, this hospital where I'm at has a lot of LPN students doing their clinicals there. So one of them was following me around one day and she noticed my stethoscope. And of course, Y'all know the Echo technology company that sponsors our podcast. They teamed up with Littman to make the stethoscopes, to beat all stethoscopes, the 3M Litman Core digital stethoscope. And this is the one that I use now. So she said, oh, my gosh, I've been wanting to try one of those. So, of course, I let her use it. And she just could not stop talking about it for the rest of the shift. It was so cute. She was like, you know, I can't hear anything with my normal stethoscope because I have tinnitus. Our good nurse story for this week is Alberta Hunter, somebody I did not know existed until I was just looking for stories. And what I tend to do sometimes when I'm looking for stories is like famous nurses or nurses who were singers, nurses who were actors. That's that sort of thing. And so this person came up, Alberta Hunter, and I was I started watching videos about her on YouTube. Oh my goodness. What a fascinating, a fascinating person she was. So wonderful. She was born on April the 1st, 1895. She was an American jazz and blues singer and songwriter from the early 1920s to the late 1950s. Now you guys, let me just tell you, this is a, when I say it's a fascinating story, it is, you're not going to believe the stuff that this woman did and went through. Please stick around and listen to this. She had a very difficult childhood. Her father left when she was a when she was real little. And so to support the family, her mother worked as a servant in a brothel in Memphis. And then her mother remarried again in 1906. But Alberta did not like the new family situation. So she moved to Chicago at the ripe old age of 11. 11? I still can't. Every time I say that, I'm just like, 11?
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember what I was doing at 11, but I know it wasn't moving to Chicago. More like uh, baking pizzas and (laughs) watching movies. I mean,
0: she's thinking at 11 years old, I am a very talented singer. I think, you know, I'm sure she must have heard this through the grapevine, through family or something, but Mm -hmm. that you could get paid a lot. And so she's thinking, I'll go there and I'll become a paid singer. She had heard that it paid $10 a week. But instead of finding a job as a singer, she had to earn money by working at a boarding house that paid $6 a week, as well as room and board. That's not too bad of a gig. Her mother left Memphis and moved in with her (laughs) soon after she's 11 years old and she's supporting her mother. This is so funny. If you watch videos of her, you're just like, oh, yeah, I get it. She is titanium. She is so strong. (laughs) She began her singing career in a bordello and soon moved to clubs that appealed to men. Black and white alike. By 1914, she was receiving lessons from a prominent jazz pianist who helped her to expand her repertoire and compose her own songs. She was still in her early teens when she settled in Chicago. Part of her early career was spent singing at a brothel. She then sang at a saloon and eventually in many Chicago bars. So, one of her first notable appearances as an artist was at the Panama Club a white-owned club with a white-only clientele that had a chain in Chicago, Chicago, New York, and other large cities. Hunter's first act was in the upstairs room, far from the main event, so she began developing as an artist in front of a cabaret crowd. She said the crowd wouldn't stay downstairs. They'd go upstairs to hear us sing the blues. That's where I would stand and make up verses and sing as I go along. So she would literally just stand there and just make up stuff and just sing. (laughs) She's literally writing songs. It's unbelievable. Many claim her appeal was based on her gift for improvising lyrics to satisfy the audience. Her big break came when she was booked at Dreamland Cafe singing with King Oliver and his band. She peeled potatoes by day and hounded club owners by night, determined to land a singing job. Her persistence paid off and she began A climb from some of the city's lowest dives to a headlining job at its most prestigious venue for Black entertainers, the Dreamland Ballroom. She had a five-year association with with Dreamland beginning in 1917, and her salary rose to $35 a week. So. I know. (laughs) She first toured Europe in 1917, performing in Paris and London. The Europeans treated her as an artist, showing her respect and even reverence, which made a great impression on her. She really appreciated that. I'm sure I'd never experienced anything like that before. Her career as singer and songwriter flourished in the 1920s and 30s. And she appeared in clubs and on stage in musicals, both New York and London. The songs she wrote include the critically acclaimed Downhearted Blues from 1922. So she eventually moved to New York City and performed with Louis Armstrong and Sidney Bechet. She continued to perform on both sides of the Atlantic and as the head of the USO's first black show until her mother's death in 1957 led her to seek a radical career change. So she was very, very close to her mother and it she just could not see herself going on and singing without her mother. That makes me so sad. So she retired in the late 50s to the 1970s and she said, you know, that yeah, they were just they were partners and they were so close that she just didn't want to perform anymore. So enter the the nursing story, she reduced her age. Invented a high school diploma and enrolled in nursing school, embarking on a career in healthcare in which she worked for 20 years at Roosevelt Island's Goldwater Memorial Hospital. So, you know, in a lot of stories from back in the day, you hear of people increasing their age because they tried, you know, they want to get a job or do something Mm -hmm. that most of our society frowns on if you're, you know, below a certain age. And she was older. And was afraid she wouldn't get accepted in a nursing school or be accepted as a nurse. So she actually reduced her age. (laughs) Kind of interesting, isn't it? A little backwards. (laughs) It's a little different. This is really funny. The hospital forced her to retire because... It thought, of course, she's seventy years old. And they're like, "Oh no, you can't work at seventy years old." What's hilarious is that she actually worked another twelve years past seventy, and she was eighty-two when they're sitting there going, "You can't work at seventy. No, that's just not." <laughs> <laughs>
1: She's like, but
0: the gag is actually 80. <laughs> She's like, surprise. Yes, I can. And I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but after the age of 82, or after you know she re- retired at the age of 82, she decided to return to singing. And she had already made a brief return by performing on two albums in the early 1960s. But now she had a regular engagement at a Greenwich Village club becoming an attraction there until she died in October of 1984. I mean, what a story. Oh, you guys have to go on YouTube and look her up and watch the adorable, just everything all the way back. There's a lot of footage from a long time ago, but then there's some footage from the 80s that are just like, oh, I cannot even believe. Her
1: voice is so beautiful.
0: But she went to nursing school at that age and with everything that she had gone through and accomplished to put herself because as a nurse you are a servant mm-hmm. you are a servant i'm a servant every time i go into the hospital i'm a servant to that patient to their family i am i they're vulnerable you have to be because they're vulnerable they're they're lying there they are tied to all these cords and tubes and mm-hmm. they re- you know they rely on you to help them and so you have to to do whatever you can to help them to feel comfortable and safe. And that's what you are. That's your role. And I feel like she started out in life as a servant by necessity, not necessarily something she chose to do or wanted to do, but she did that because she wanted to provide for her family, provide for herself. That's what she knew how to do. Then she goes and makes a name for herself, makes something of herself, does wonderful things, travels the entire world, goes to Paris, London, New York City is, you know, shoulder to shoulder with these big name people and is so well respected and revered and knows what it feels like to be respected and revered as a black woman in a time in the United States where you were not respected and revered. And then what did she do? She went and became a servant again. She went and not only did that, but did it in a way it was not it was not easy she had to kind of you know reduce her age she had to fight her way in there because not only was she older but she was black and older it's I, it, it blows me away every time I think about it yeah that she needs a, a plaque somewhere she needs her name just shouted from the rooftops I love that I found her and I'm able to to talk about her and and just good grief I cannot do her justice I just can't she's amazing well, I guess that does it for another episode of Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I'm really looking forward to our little in- live and in-person out- yes, show that we're going to do. I'm
1: so excited for that. It's, it's going
0: to be, be so fun. fun. Jer, remind everybody where they can find you and follow you on social media.
1: Oh, yeah. You can follow me on Instagram. I don't have a Twitter, but <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at xoxo.jahr, J-E-H-R, And you can find my website. I do study guides, study bars, um, tutoring sessions, just all things nursing education. So definitely follow me
0: and I'll follow back. Absolutely. You guys, if you're needing to study for NCLEX and any kind of nursing topics
1: yeah all of that i can definitely tutor you on just about anything so follow me awesome and you guys know you
0: can find us at goodnursebadners.com and you can email me at tina at Nurse. we're on all the we're on instagram mainly and also facebook and a little bit on twitter but mostly instagram <laughs> and i guess i also want to remind you guys that even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy be a good nurse